Give us some great biblical teaching right now. Take awesome. it away, Brian. Thank you, John. Hey, good morning, everybody. Uh, great to see everybody there. It's good to see everybody online. Um, last week, we kicked off a brand new sermon series that we're doing through Memorial Day. Uh, it's called Empowered, and it's uh, one of the fun things about this is not only our church uh, here in Duluth is doing this, but actually hundreds of vineyard churches all over the country are joining up to do this same series all at the same time. Uh, we're taking time to look at uh, the Holy Spirit who the Holy Spirit is, what the Holy Spirit does, what it's like when we are filled and empowered and sent by the Holy Spirit to do the works of Jesus. It is so good uh, to go at this together. Uh, Casey kicked off our sermon series last week to talk about the Holy Spirit being a revealer. Uh, the Holy Spirit shows us who Jesus is. The Holy Spirit shows us who we are and what we can be. And the Holy Spirit is the one that can even bring clarity in the midst of confusing times and deep, uh, deep situations like that. And so if you didn't get a chance to hear that or see that, I encourage you maybe go to our website. You can check out our YouTube page. Well worth the time uh, to be able to see how this is going to set up. We're going to go at this for about another month or so. Uh, one other thing you can check out, um, Casey mentioned this last week. We've got some of these uh, Come Holy Spirit journals. You can find those at our coffee bar. It's got 10 little lessons that talk about uh, the different ways that the Holy Spirit works in our lives and gives you some chances to prompt, uh, prompts to be able to respond to that. Uh, we've had a number of folks that have utilized those and been able to dig further into what the Holy Spirit's doing uh, in them. So we got that kicked off last week. Today, here's what we want to do. I get to talk about another aspect of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives, looking at how the Holy Spirit brings healing. It can come in many forms. Uh, we talked about emotional healing like through, uh, um, through programs like um, Emotionally Focused, uh, healing in relationships, uh, but this morning we actually want to focus most prominently on the way that the Holy Spirit can bring physical healing to us, as well as that he can bring that through us uh, to countless other people. So we're going to explore a short passage in Acts chapter 3. So if you want to grab a Bible in front of you, you want to turn uh, in your device and find that, um, Acts chapter 3. As we look at this passage this morning, here's what I want to do. Um, any narrative passage in the scriptures is often a great thing to just try and enter into that story. This is a vivid, fantastic story. Um, the scene took place 2,000 years ago, but these are real people in a real place. The two main characters, Peter and John, were two men that had been radically transformed because of walking with Jesus. Uh, they had uh, been impacted because of his death and his resurrection. They were on their way to a meeting at their version of the church. They were going to the temple in Jerusalem. And as they walked up to the temple, they came across a lame man. Uh, and beyond his physical challenges, this man was begging for money. He was completely on the outside of society, unable to enter into the circles that other people around him could experience. Okay, so that's a little bit of the context. Uh, Acts chapter 3, let's start in verse 1. It says, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, at three in the afternoon. And now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John, and then Peter said, look at us. Look at us. And so the man gave him his attention, uh, expecting to get something from them. 
But then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Verse 7, taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. And then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. And when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the man, the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. We'll pause there for now. Pretty again, pretty amazing story. Um, again, it's a passage that we can engage with from a bunch of different angles. Maybe as we were even going through that, you maybe imagine being one of the people in the crowd of this amazement, the wonder of this man being healed. Maybe even maybe thought about being like the man, you know, of having this condition where it just really feels hopeless and helpless, and then God turns things around in a moment. We'll hit on those two angles of the story a little bit later in the message, but I want to start uh, with John and with Peter. You know, can you imagine, envision yourself being like these guys, praying for this dramatic healing, stretching out your hand, and even seeing something like a man that is lame walking for the very first time. Did you get your head around that? You know, when I ask that question, many of you might dismiss it. Look, like, of course, these guys, they're in the Bible, right? These were two of the original 12 disciples. These were guys that walked with Jesus. Of course, they were the ones that could do that. But one of the things we want to lean into is what if this kind of healing, whether it's that dramatic or something a little less dramatic, that God could actually use you and me to bring his healing presence to people as we pray for them? What if we could learn to do the same kinds of things that Jesus and the disciples did? Now, some of you may not know this, maybe you're newer to, to our church, but uh, this key question is one of the big things that actually gave birth to our whole group of churches that we call the Vineyard. Uh, today, there's about 2,400 Vineyard churches in 92 countries around the world, but 40 years ago, there was actually just a handful of churches. It was a bunch of hippies, basically, that uh, had come to Jesus um, in Southern California, and they were asking some of these same kinds of questions. What if the things that we see in the Bible could actually happen uh, today? Uh, in the early 80s, there was pastors like John Wimber who began to explore what the Bible had to say, particularly about this ministry of healing. And what if that was something that was supposed to be a regular part of what it means to follow Jesus? In Wimber's church, they actually got off to a rocky start. Uh, month after month, Wimber taught from the Bible about healing, and then they tried to pray for people. And for nearly a year, nobody got healed. Actually, the people praying for the sick people got sick. I mean, that's how bad they were at it, how discouraging it was. And um, it was just, just disillusioning. But the more that they went at it, the more that Wimber just felt like, this is what we're supposed to do. This is in the book. Like, we should do what's in the book. And, and so he just kept pointing them towards it. Eventually, the floodgates opened, and all the things that they'd been learning about started to happen. Dozens and then hundreds of people were being healed. Eventually, Wimber would travel all over the world teaching about the healing ministry of Jesus, writing books like Power Evangelism, Power Healing, 
Um, at the time, there was a number of other prominent um, ministers that were talking about healing. But one of the things that was really unique about the approach that Wimber took was that um, he wasn't just the big man on stage doing the healing. What he was actually doing was modeling and training and equipping regular folks in church to learn how to do this stuff that Jesus did. Training and equipping regular Joes and Janes of how to pray for folks in the same way that Jesus did and that the way that the disciples did. And so, you know, with that, um, that thing, like that approach, this practice has been so key to our larger group of churches at the Vineyard. It's also been one of the, the foundational peaches for us right here in Duluth. You know, where we've prayed for numerous people, seeing folks experience that healing touch of Jesus and then opening up to more what it's like to have a relationship with, with Christ. Often as we just take this step to say, can I pray for you right now? So this is part of our DNA. This is part of um, you know, who we are as a community. It's part of what God has invited us into. That's some interesting background, but you may still be wondering, how does this actually happen? <laughs> you know, I read this in the book, but like, what takes place with this? And even in our scripture this morning, how do people get healed as we pray? Okay, so let's dig into Acts 3 a little bit more this morning and see what we can learn. First, we'll look at this passage. How did this healing take place? How did this healing take place? First of all, we see that it was not because of an eloquent prayer. You know, flowery, long prayers are not what healed this lame man. Um, but often, for you and me, we will default to those kinds of prayers, somehow thinking that if we use a lot of big words, that, like, God hears us better. Or there's another, uh, another mistaken way that we sometimes pray. Um, before thinking about praying for somebody for healing, we think that we have to like give God that person's resume. You know, like, oh God, if there ever was a great person, this is them. Would you hear them? Would you, would you look upon them? You know, it's like we've got to have the whole list of all of their qualifications, all of that stuff. Sometimes we think we need to get God's attention by bringing up how great that person is. Isn't that goofy, the ways that we do this? But we don't see these kinds of prayers in the passage. You know, even if you read through the Gospels, um, you look at the way that Jesus prayed. You look in the book of Acts. You look at how the disciples prayed. Their prayers were often remarkably short and very direct. And yet for you and I, we can trend towards this place where we think we need to impress God with long-winded prayers or some kind of a resume-building thing as a way to see God's healing come. But that's not what brought healing to this man Secondly, this healing was not also, also was not because of great people. Um, you know, as I mentioned a moment ago, it's easy to put guys like Peter and John in a different category than ourselves. But we forget that these guys were very ordinary. They were fishermen from the backwoods of Galilee. And because this healing was so dramatic, the crowds immediately thought that there was something magical or special uh, about these two men. Pick up again in, in uh, Acts chapter 3, um, starting in verse 11. It says, while the man held on to Peter and John, it's like he's so shaken by this miracle, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. And when Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if it's by our own power or godliness that we have made 
this man walk. You know, Peter made it clear to the crowds that this miracle was not because he was some kind of great person. He knew it wasn't his power or it wasn't his, uh, you know, amazing godliness that made this man well. But again, think about ourselves. So often we can disqualify ourselves because we're not that kind of person that God could work through. You might think, I can never pray for somebody to be healed. I'm not a special person like, you know, that pastor up on the stage or somebody that I see on TV. You might discount yourself because of your age, because of your gender, your race, because of your educational background, whatever it might be. You might think that you haven't been a, a Christian long enough or that you haven't quite got your life cleaned up all enough, like 100%, so that you could pray for someone else. If you've ever struggled with those thoughts or feelings, let me give you some encouragement. Every single person that I know that's begun to try and do this has worked through this, had to think through that. And if they haven't, they probably need some help to deal with pride, you know. But it's this place where we just know, like, it is not us that brings the real stuff to the table. Think of my own life. I think about a story from a while back. I was up here praying for uh, people during ministry time. And a young man came to me, and I asked him what he wanted prayer for. It's usually what we do. Um, and he says he was having a lot of pain in his foot. And so on the outside, I was looking very empathetically at him. You know, I was like, oh, okay, tell me more, all that. Can I tell you what's happened on the inside? I had this rapid fire of things going through my mind. God, would there's something else that he could get prayer for? <laughs> you know, can... Maybe he's struggling with his finances. Maybe he's struggling in a relationship. Like, I don't feel like I'm very good at healing people. Um, and so, but as he shared that with me, I said, well, okay, let's go ahead and let's, let's pray. And so thankfully, all of those things running through my head didn't quite come out my mouth. Sometimes I pushed past through those thoughts and started to pray for this young man. And I just simply prayed like we teach people here at the vineyard. You know, I just welcomed the Holy Spirit prayed into that condition, even in a short way. And then all of a sudden, this guy has a big smile on his face. He says, my foot feels better. He turns around and he goes back to his seat. <laughs> and I was like, what happened? You know, I was like, like God's power came right in that moment. I didn't really experience anything, but he did. Like, friends, can you see how God can use any single one of us like, I had, like, almost zero faith at that moment. I had enough faith to put myself out there to try, but that was about it. It was God's power. It was God's authority that was what was coming through and bringing healing to that. You know, I was so glad that uh, he wasn't surprised, but I sure was. Uh, so easy to get hung up on ourselves as we think about praying for others, things like healing, Friends, thankfully, it never has and it never will be about you and me. Okay, so if healing doesn't come because of eloquent words or because of great people, what does? What does make the difference? Here's what we learned from today's passage. The healing occurred because they prayed in the name of Jesus and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Look again at Peter's prayer in verse 6. Super short, right? In reality, it was only a command. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And this is so important to grasp. This is what these early disciples grasped. This is what we need to grasp. That we have been given by Jesus 
in the Holy Spirit, both power and authority to pray for the sick. This is part of what it means to follow Jesus. This is part of what we're invited into in this life of the kingdom of God. How Peter prayed for, was more than just tagging on the words in the name of Jesus at the end of his prayer. Praying in the name of Jesus was all about appropriating Jesus' authority. Peter and John were representatives of Jesus in this scenario, carrying with them the authority that Jesus would have had if Jesus was the one that was standing in front of this man. That's what it means to walk in that authority. It's the same dynamic that's meant to continue with us. You know, think about it in, in our, our modern day society. Like if a police officer stood out on Arrowhead Road as you were leading, um, leaving church and they put their hand up like this, you'd stop because they have authority to be able to do that. That is what God has given us in Jesus through the Holy Spirit that we can say stop in the name of Jesus, be healed in the name of Jesus. And so often things can happen. But we not only have Jesus' authority, we've also been given the power of the Holy Spirit. As Peter said to the crowds, it wasn't his power that healed the man. It was the power of God. It was the Spirit's power uh, that made this man well. Again, this is the spot where it is so encouraging to know it's not us, it is him. It's my job to pray. It's your job to pray. It's God's job uh, to heal. You and I can't conjure up, conjure up enough power on our own to see someone get well, but we do have access to the greatest power that is, the powerful presence of the Holy Spirit. And so often God loves to come with that power and bring his healing. John mentioned um, earlier that like, Casey shared a couple words uh, at the end of her message last week, and we saw some folks get healed. Let's, uh, this is one story from just last Sunday. Uh, from our prayer ministry team, uh, one of our leaders said this. He said, a guy had a right foot healed. I don't know what it is about feet this day, but uh, we prayed for some feet. Uh, a right foot healed after coming up for prayer due to Casey speaking a word from the stage, indicating that someone had prayer or pain in their right foot. During the prayer, um, the person reported that his, uh, his foot felt hot and then continued to feel even more hot after the prayer team's member's hand was removed. Prayer team member prayed again for complete healing, and then the man was able to stand on his tiptoes multiple times afterwards. Here's the cool thing. He hadn't attended the vineyard in months and just decided to come that day. Friends, it isn't just about like experiencing some kind of like better wellness. Like when we experience the healing of God, God touches our hearts. And there's something he invites us into. For, so for this person that experienced healing in their foot, like it was an invitation that God says, why don't you come to church today? <laughs> I have something for you. And then we took a little bit of a risk and we named that word. The folks that were praying for him took a risk, prayed for him, and God came through. I just love how God's works. I love how integral this approach and these practices are, are how we do things here at the vineyard. Again, like as I mentioned, it goes back 40 years. This is such a core part of our DNA. It's one of the reasons why um, every other month, at least, we teach this, this class called Learning to Pray Like Jesus. The things that I'm talking about today is right along these lines. Um, we're going to have another one of those coming up in just a couple weeks, May 16th, where we just walk through how did Jesus pray for the sick? How did the early disciples pray for the sick? How can we pray and see God do things and just do that on a really practical level 
If you've never been to that class, we want to invite you. If it's been a while since you've been there and you want to recalibrate on this, um, we want to invite you to that on May 16th. Seriously, you really should come. It'll be a really, really fun time. Okay, so we talked about how does this healing come. Here's the next question we want to explore. What were the results? What was the impact of this lame man being healed? What came from that miraculous healing? First of all, we see this. It produced amazement and wonder. See that in verses 9 and 10, that the crowds were floored by what had just happened. There was this guy that they all knew. Like they knew, this is the guy that's been out at the the gate. Uh, The layman that had never walked before was not only standing, but he was walking and jumping around. Amazement and wonder. There's a real reason why these kinds of miracles are often called signs and wonders. Uh, When it's a significant event, like the healing of this man in today's passage, it's a sign and then comes the wonder. The people watching could not believe their own eyes. The healing left them in shock and awe, wondering what in the world could happen and why had this come about. It's that wonder that opened a door for Peter to begin to share about Jesus. As Acts 3 continues, you can read on, uh, Peter speaks to the crowd. He proclaims that it was by faith in Jesus' name that this man was healed. It's not because of him. It's not because of eloquent prayers. It's because of faith in Jesus. And then he challenged the people to turn from their own sin and their own selfishness, turn to God, trusting in Jesus to rescue them. And that's exactly what happened. After people, Peter's message, here's the second outcome. Many people came to faith in Jesus. Acts 4.4 tells us that many who heard the message believed. And so that the number of men uh, who believed grew to about 5,000. So this is this fast progression. Beginning of Acts, Jesus um, says, wait for the Holy Spirit. The day of Pentecost comes. Holy Spirit comes on the church. 3,000 people right on the spot. 3,000 men, um, not even including the women and children, um, give their lives to Christ. A little bit later, we're in Acts chapter 3. It's already up to 5,000 people. This massive movement of folks that are turning their lives to Christ because of that power and the presence of God that was coming as they were praying for other folks. Friends, it's the same thing in our time. You know, as I mentioned at the beginning of the message, this is one of the primary factors that led to uh, just the emergence of our group of churches, the Vineyard. As people experienced healing, they became open to the message of Jesus, and they said, I don't know what happened, but like, there's something real, and I want in. <laughs> and so they took a step. They yielded to Christ, and they began to experience more and more transformation. And that's been true for us here as a church through all the years. We've helped numerous people receive healing and then put their lives, uh, the trust in uh, their lives into Jesus. Here's my conviction. We are walking through a hard time. (laughs) We're walking through a stretching season as a church. But this part of our DNA, I don't think God is anywhere done. (laughs) I think there's so much more in front of us. And I think even like the juxtaposition (laughs) of some of the things, these little updates that John was talking about earlier, and what we're talking about like doubling down of saying this is still what God does and this is what God wants to do through you and me, I think there's even purpose in that. We say, yes, Lord, 
in our day, in our time. There's a song that we sing here um, called God of Our Fathers and Mothers. And in the, the chorus, it says, in our time, in our day, <laughs> would you move God? Would you do again what you've done so many times before? That is our heart. That is what we want to see happen. Okay, so those are two things that happen through this healing. Here's the last thing that happened with this guy. A desperate man's life was transformed. And we spent a big chunk of our time today looking at the passage from Peter's perspective. But maybe you can relate more to the lame man in today's story. Again, imagine the desperation that this guy must have felt. Think about how hopeless this man must have been. And then consider the impact of this powerful miracle in his life. This man was not only healed physically, there was a restoration that happened for him socially and spiritually. He was completely on the outside. And I love how the writer of Acts includes this item in the narrative. It says, then he went with them into the temple courts. He was walking and jumping and praising God. This guy could not stop because God had impacted his life so much. That is what it's like when God intervenes in those ways. The joy, the impact, sometimes it cannot be contained You just have to let it out. That's what happens when we make room for God to do what he wants to. I've got one final point I want to touch on before we're done today. I want to learn about leaning into the way that Jesus invited us all into continuing his ministry even today. But to set that up, I actually want to play a short little video clip. Um, Over the past few months, uh, about 20 of our small groups have been doing material from the Alpha course, uh, which is developed out of a church in England. Uh, Holy Trinity Brompton was where that originally was was done. And one of the the series or sessions in this series um, uh, goes at this question of, does God still heal uh, today? And so I want to play a short clip from Nikki Gumbel, who's kind of the founding leader uh, of Alpha, and talking about how a key interaction with John Wimber and some vineyard folks from California 40 years ago made such an impact in his life and opened up so many wonderful things for them. Let's watch this together. So when John Wimber first spoke here on a Sunday night in 1982, the following night we all met in church house over there. And again he spoke on healing, and again there were words of knowledge. And I was working as a barrister at the time. I was in my pinstripe suit, stiff white collar, and I was sitting in the front row so I could observe everything in great detail. And he said, uh, there is, um, there are, this is my recollection of it, he said, there are 10 people here with athlete's foot. <laughs> now, I had athlete's foot, but I was not going to admit to that in, <laughs> in front of all those people, or at all. Uh, And then he said, would would those people like to stand? Because we'd like to pray for them. Well, one by one, they stood until there were nine people standing. (laughs) I still was not going to stand. But my wife, Pippa, was sitting next to me, and she was going, that is you. And I was saying, no, 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 no. Somebody else. But eventually, the bruising in my ribs was getting such that I felt it would be easier. Otherwise, I need to be prayed for for that as well. to stand and to sit down. So I stood and um, uh, one of these very nice Americans came over to me and said, um, would you like us to pray for your your athlete's foot? I said, no, 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 thank you very much. (laughs) I said, "Um, actually, I quite like having athlete's foot. (laughs) 
It's so satisfying when you kind of rub it like that. <laughs> so he was very gracious, and he said to me, um, well, what would you like to pray for? So I said, I'd like to pray for power in my ministry. So he said, okay, well, we'll pray for you. And they just prayed for the Spirit to come upon me. And after a few minutes, all I can say is I experienced something like 10,000 volts going through my body. Extraordinary power of God coming. And he, he had a fairly limited prayer, this, this, this man. Um, he just said, um, more power every time. <laughs> There's the only thing he ever prayed. I can't remember him ever praying anything else. And it, there reached a point where I could take it no longer, and I started saying, no more power. <laughs> But that didn't seem to put him off at all. He was, he was saying more power, and I was saying no more power. And eventually there was a kind of, almost a shouting match going on between us. So John Wimber, who had been obviously used to rowdy people at some of his meetings, said, uh, oh, could you take that one out through them? So they carried me out, because I couldn't move. Uh, they carried me out through those French windows, and they carried me out. And out, as I was going out through the windows, I remember John Wimber saying, God is giving that person the gift of being able to tell other people about Jesus. I've often looked back to that moment because it was a very significant moment in my life. As it happened, I wasn't healed of athlete's foot at that moment, although it has cleared up since then. But I'm so glad that I was prayed for because it was an amazing experience. And since then, Pippa and I have tried to tell people about Jesus and to bring healing wherever we can. I try to pray for people like I was prayed for because I believe that God uses us today to heal people. He wants to use you to heal people. I encourage you to be someone who brings healing in your family, among your friends, in your workplace, in your community, prays for the sick, binds up the brokenhearted, wipes away people's tears, lifts up the fallen, breaks down division, and brings healing wherever you go. In Jesus' name. Yeah, that's good. Okay, here's what I want to close. Um, you and I, we have been invited to continue Jesus' ministry, and that even includes things like healing and miracles. You know, I hope hearing Nikki's funny story and, you know, all the different things, like it just brings this rise of, oh God, you could do that with me. You could do that with us. This is what Jesus has invited us into. Well, there's three short things that we need to really reckon with. First of all, this will always involve risk. You know, it took risk for Peter and John to, to pray, in the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. It took a risk for the vineyard folks in 1982 to share these words. And it took a risk for Nikki to respond, you know, all those different things. Sometimes we'll talk about um, here how faith is spelled R-I-S-K. I learned a new one. Um, Sonia Sang was here for the women's conference. I heard she was talking about a new spelling for faith. And she spelled it T-R-Y. Let's just try like, what if we just put ourselves out there and just say, let's just see what God does? So it always involves risk. Secondly, it will sometimes involve disappointment. You know, not every single person that we pray for physical healing is going to receive healing right in that moment. 
You know, one of the realities is that one of the biggest barriers to praying for the next person to receive healing is working through that the last person maybe didn't get healed. But here's the other thing. Even in the midst of that, in the risk and the disappointment, it is totally worth it. Uh, Wimber quotes that I love, he shares this. He says, when we prayed for no one, no one got healed. Now we pray for lots of people and some are healed. I like that approach. You know, we can't guarantee what God's gonna do. It's God's job to heal. It's our job to pray. And so, as we wrap up today, here's what I wanna do. I just think God's inviting us to like re-up on this in our own lives and to re-up on this as a church community. That this is part of who we are. This is part of what we wanna be as followers of Jesus, to bring that healing presence of Christ everywhere we go. It's not us, it's him, but we want to make ourselves available. And so I want to do two different things. Um, um, First of all, I want to pray um, for us to receive a fresh empowerment of God's spirit to be those kinds of people that release healing in our lives. And there's even a a few scriptures that came to my mind as I was praying about this, a couple words along those lines. And then after we do that, then we're going to do ministry time like we always do. Um, we can pray for other things other than physical healing. But if you've got something going on in your body today, we would love to pray for you and just to see what God does. And so we've got some words about some specific things that God might be up to uh, this morning as well. Okay? So let's go ahead and stand up. And I'd love to just wait a moment. Um, thanks for your patience in this. We've got a lot that we're trying to cover today. Uh, But I don't want to just rush through this moment. I think God's got something really special for us, and we just want to be available to it. So God, would you just come right into our midst even more right now? And God, we just say that we want to be individuals. And God, we want to be a group of people that your healing power and presence comes through. So, Spirit, would you just fall on us in just a greater way right now? If it's helpful to just do some physical kind of a thing, maybe putting your hands out or, you know, even just like, yes, God, that's, that's what I want. We just say more, Lord. We long for your empowerment. God, we're not going to work this up, hype or anything. God, we're just going to ask. Could we be these kinds of people? Could you fill us fresh and anew, even right in this season? Come, God. I had several scriptures that came to my mind as I was praying about this morning. I thought about Matthew 9, where it talks about how Jesus was moved with compassion. And that released healing. I just feel like there's a number of folks that that's going to be the doorway into this for you. That God's just going to like mess with your insides. <laughs> like you're going to have like this deep guttural thing deep down inside. And you say, oh God. God, like would you change this situation? Come with your compassion, God. Think about Luke 11, how Jesus gave um, uh, power and authority. Luke 9, sorry, gave power and authority to the disciples and he sent them out. 
Luke 11, how Jesus made this point. He says, if we know how to give good gifts to our kids, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Spirit, we're asking. <laughs> come. Come, Lord. Come even more, God. Would you release to us, God, the courage that we need, power and authority to pray and to see your healing come. Yeah, we don't have to have some like dramatic moment. Like You can just say, yes, God, that's what I want. One of the words for empowerment I really felt like I had this morning was um, we've got a number of folks in our church that are in the medical community, and so you've gone through a bunch of practical training, schooling, practicums, you know, residency, whatever it is, and I just felt like there was a promise for a number of people where God wants to meet all of that really good learning and just lay right on top of it a fresh power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and so God, would you just release that to anybody that's in the medical community as well? Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Again, if you just sense that the Holy Spirit's working in you, just welcome more of that. As we go to ministry time, um, you can just be able to say yes and go, yeah, yes more, God. That's what I want. You can receive some prayer. If you are in a prayer ministry too much, you start to make your way up. Um, we do want to go back into some worship, um, and we also want to take specific time to, to pray even for some, uh, some things with physical healing. So part of our team uh, was just praying through even just some specific words, and so you can pre get prayer for other things, but just like last week, Casey called out um, things about a right foot, and it ended up being something that God was doing in healing. Uh, here's a few words that we had for this morning. Um, had something about sinus issues, particularly like chronic um, sinus things that you've just been bugging. Uh, it's just been um, staying with you. Want to pray for that. Uh, another one of our team had a picture of someone hunched over and thought that that might be something that God wanted to heal, maybe like a curvature of a spine. Um, also had a word about a right calf. Um, uh, another one about ringing in people's ears. And then, so those are all healing words. Um, and then a broader word, we had another um, person on our team that just had that, um, and this relates to God's compassion, um, that God was just doing some work in healing broken hearts, um, particularly that maybe had been uh, um, experienced because of like past abandonment, like from a number of years ago. And so if that relates to you, that'd be another invitation to receive prayer. Okay, so as we do here at the Vineyard, we're not going to like work this up. Like if you want prayer, just come on up <laughs> and we're going to welcome the Holy Spirit, welcome what God wants to do. We're going to go back into some worship. Friends, let's re-up on this. Let's go at this. I think God has some amazing things. Let's dive into that this morning. Let's keep diving into this as a community in the weeks and months ahead. Amen? Amen. Thanks for being here this morning. Let's worship. Let's pray for one another. Mm -hmm.